The readings for this weekend, especially the first reading in the gospel, we hear about people walking in darkness and seeing the light. And I don't know about you, but you ever had those times in the middle of the night where you get up and you know you gotta, you're going to go downstairs, you're going to go use the bathroom, whatever, and you don't want to turn the light on because that's worse than what might happen if you're walking in the darkness. So you're like, you know, hands on the wall trying to figure out where you're going. It's terrible to walk in darkness. But then as I was thinking about something else, what if, what if you were walking in darkness and you didn't know it? I got to thinking about this because last week was the March for Life in Washington, D.C. And our young people from the diocese, some from here, went to Washington, D.C. to take a stand, to make a statement against the evil of abortion. And about 10 years ago, I took this group from St. Mary's High School when I was a chaplain there. They were called the Knights of Virtue. And it was, you know, junior, senior boys. And they were trying to become knights, chivalrous men of virtue. And myself and Mr. Reed Ruggles were kind of leading them. And we decided to take them to Fargo to the abortion clinic for the 40 Days for Life. I thought it would be a great idea. So basically, if you don't know, for 40 days, for 24 hours a day, there's somebody outside the abortion clinic holding a sign or saying in protest against abortion. So I said, you guys, let's do this. They were all pumped up, very masculine thing to do. And so I said, but we're going to do it. I thought this was a great idea. We're going to do it from 10 p.m. to 5 a.m. on October 31st. So downtown NDSU College, Fargo, on Halloween. It was a terrible idea. I mean, it was awesome because they got to see the evil, like the hatred and the wicked nature of this sin. And I told them, I said, you guys, no matter what happens, you are, you are going to stand there. I don't care if they spit on you. I don't care if they mock you, throw stuff. You are just going to stand in protest. That's it. Are we clear? They're like, Father, it's not going to be that bad. It was that bad. It was terrible. I have never seen, what I was most amazed about is you have this genocide that's happening within our country. And downtown Fargo, people are cheering for abortion. Cheering. As they came past, we love abortion. Kill more babies. I remember people driving past and making it political. They're driving past Obama four more years. Throwing beer bottles at us. And I sat back and I'm like, how is this possible? How are people cheering for genocide? And then I was also thinking about this. I went to NDSU. And I remember when I went to NDSU, you know what? They taught us that abortion was a good thing. They taught us that contraception was a good thing. And if that was, I don't know how many years ago I was in college, in the 2000s, who knows what they're teaching now? Who knows? And I know it's taught at UND too. And I also know that you know where it's not taught? University of Mary. University of Mary stands for the truth. And this week we're coming into is called Catholic Schools Week. Where we actually 
celebrate Catholic education because education is one of the most powerful forces in the world. It is one of the most powerful forces in the world. And for the life of me, I cannot figure out why parents don't send their kids to Catholic schools. I, I could understand if the Catholic school was bad. Like if they weren't reaching standards. But when our Catholic school system in the Bismarck Mandan area is producing higher scores than the averages, I don't understand why you wouldn't send. I, don't understand, I would understand if it was a bad religious formation. But it's not. It's one of the best in, I would argue, the nation right now. I would even go so far as to say in the culture that we live right now, parents have a moral obligation to send their kids to Catholic schools if they're able. When I originally talked to the bishop about our problem here at St. Joe's with our school, he said to me something very telling. He said, well, this isn't, this isn't a problem of a bad Catholic school. You got a great school over there. I'm like, I know. He said, the problem is it's a Catholic problem. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he said, well, if the, all of the families that are Catholic in Mandan would support Christ the King and St. Joe's, we wouldn't be having this conversation. And that's true. You know it's true. I know it's true. One of the things that I have been absolutely blown away by in this parish over this past year and a half is how many people have a connection to that school. It's insane. Everybody, you can't even, in Bismarck, people, was, I was just, I just got off the plane from, from Tampa and this guy said, Father, where are you a priest at? And I'm like, St. Joe's. Oh, my grandkids. I said, they went through school there. Everybody has a connection. Why? Because everybody sent their kids to Catholic schools. And that's just not the case anymore. Why have we stopped? I'm not sure. I don't know. Maybe it's the financial thing, but that's always been a thing. Or maybe it's because people just don't see the value in it anymore. And yet all we hear day in and day out is how bad the culture is. Well, I'm here to announce something to you. Buckle up. Because it's going to get a lot worse. A lot worse. And it's going to happen very, very fast. And we're letting it happen. That's the crazy part. And even maybe, I would even maybe argue, and maybe people are going to get upset at this. I don't know. I would even argue that supporting the public system, if we can send a cap, is actually furthering the process. How can I say that? Because the bulk of education institutions in our country are run by atheists. Or they have an atheistic agenda. God forbid we talk about Jesus. Or God forbid that we talk about morality. That there is actual black and white, right and wrong. No, no, no. Forget that. I remember when I was talking to Dr. Fleischacker when he took the position here as principal. I said, why would you leave higher education where you're making such an immense impact? Right? I mean, higher ed is a nightmare right now. And he said, honestly, Father, because by the time kids get to us... They've already been formed. They've already been formed. He said, what we need to do is we need to start forming the child. That's what's going to change a society. We must start forming the child as early as possible. I don't know if you know this, but did you know that a child, a human, learns more 
from ages 0 to 6 than from age 6 to 60. It's true. It's a scientific fact. I didn't make that up. Because you don't look amazed enough. They learn. They learn more from 0 to 6 than they do from 6 to 60. Now here's the kicker. When does our wonderful, enlightened culture tell us we should start educating our children? Six years old. That is, for the record, why we started the children's house. And why we are expanding it. Because children are formed most in those precious years from zero to six. And if we don't start doing this, if we don't get serious about this, we will have an entire generation walking in darkness. I don't know if you know a man, his name is Dr. Bernard Nathanson. He was the main proponent and defender of abortion in the 1950s and 60s. Before abortion was legal in America, he performed over 60,000 abortions. Two of them were his own children. One from his wife, one from his mistress. He became the main advocate for the legalization of abortion. His idea was simple. Educate the masses. And how do you do it? Genius. Wicked how he came up with it, but genius. He said, make it a woman's issue. Because if it's a woman's issue, you will effectively silence 50% of the population. Because apparently men have nothing to say about abortion. It's a woman's issue. Only women can speak to it. But we know that's not true. It's a human issue. It takes a man and a woman to make a child, and the child is both male and female. It's an issue of persons. But he managed to sell this to the culture. And we legalized abortion. Soon after that, the technology of the ultrasound came along. And Dr. Nathanson began to study infants in the womb, the development of infants in the womb. He's fascinated by it. And he said, ultrasound is going to show us all this beautiful stuff. So he gathered all of his people around for the first ultrasound. And when the image crystallized and formed on the screen, he didn't see what he thought he was going to see. And this moment of scientific Expanse was turned into dread. As instead of seeing a blob of tissue, he saw fingers and toes, hands. And as it moved up, he saw the face of a baby girl. And he said, I knew from that moment I could never perform another abortion as long as I lived. And this man who was an advocate for abortion, then became a pro-life advocate. The light pierced him. But as I said in the beginning, when you flip the light on and it's dark, it hurts. Imagine living Dr. Nathanson's life, knowing that you were responsible for the death of 60,000 innocent babies, two of whom were your children. And on top of that, you were responsible for the legalization of abortion, which then produced 60 million You're the one that fought for it. Dr. Nathanson said throughout his life, he contemplated suicide most days. It was too much to deal with. In 2011, he died. But that light that pierced him on that day with the ultrasound began to dispel the darkness in his heart. And three years before he died, he was received into the Catholic Church in the basement of St. Patrick's Cathedral in New York. On, get this, the Feast of the Immaculate Conception. A monster 
turned saint. All because that light pierced his heart. We can expose our children to that light. Or we cannot. We can save them the pain of sin by telling them what it is. Or we cannot. I beg you to consider what we have here in this school. It's a treasure, a gem shining in this city. All of our Catholic schools are. And they expose your children to the light. But only you can choose it, my good parents. Only you can choose to let them see the light.